This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? Happy freaking Monday. Yeah, it is. It feels like next Monday already on the Monty Show. Why have the Utah Jazz and the New York Knicks not made a Donovan deal? We'll talk a lot of Utah Jazz basketball this morning. Breaking news uh, out of the NBA on a potential new destination for Kadizzle. Where is Kevin Durant going and why have the Brooklyn Nets not made a KD deal? What deal gets done first, the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell or the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant? I think now as time goes on more and more as we get deeper into this, I I truly think that Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz may be partners for another year. And if you're a New York Knicks fan, that may not be the worst thing in the world. We got to talk about that. Oh, don't forget, we are sending you to see the BYU Cougars. <laughs> Nothing? Uh, to see the BYU Cougars. There Thank we you. go. There we go. Uh, in Las Vegas, uh, taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at Allegiant Stadium on October 8th. It's all brought to you by our good friend, Debfrey Davis at Academy Mortgage. Make sure you call him. I'm telling you, you can afford a mortgage. You can afford the down payment because Devery Davis is going to help you hook it up. Call him today, 801-543-9666. Devery Davis, NMLS number 278545 is an equal housing lender. And he is your presenting sponsor for the BYU Driveway to see BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas on November 8th. Let's start talking Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks. And again, this question I just ask, does Donovan Mitchell make the New York Knicks Eastern Conference contenders? And why have the New York Knicks and the Utah Jazz not made a deal? And I think it is very simply because the Utah Jazz have not come off their spot when it comes to Donovan Mitchell. And they are asking for an extremely high bar. And when I say they, I mean Danny Ainge is asking for an extremely large return. And the latest that we heard over the weekend was that the um, Knicks and Jazz got clarity from the NBA at some point late last week on what um, you know assets were actually available for the Knicks to trade as far as trade uh, uh, draft picks go, excuse me. And that is what triggered the trade is eminent. Mm-hmm. Um, when in fact, no trade was eminent at that point. It was simply a matter of clarification with the NBA as to what the Knicks were able to trade. And we find out that they are actually able to trade all eight picks that they own. But Danny Ainge wants six of those eights. At no time from what I'm told has Danny Ainge asked for eight draft picks. He's asked for six. And essentially... The Knicks and the Jazz are in agreement on the fact that Emmanuel quickly um, is going to be traded as part of this deal with Grimes and Toppin, and it's simply a matter now of figuring out, hey, is it Evan Fournier? With mo- most people believe that it will be, and how many picks? The Jazz want six. The Knicks want to offer four, and Jake, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm not coming off of that ask. Yeah, why would you? I mean, this is what we've been saying for the last 
two weeks, I feel like. You know, if you're Danny Ainge and you're the Utah Jazz, why would you come off your asking price? You don't You don't need to trade Donovan right now. You, you, certainly, like, you don't have to trade Donovan Mitchell. And I think that a lot of people think that the Utah Jazz are, like, desperate to trade Donovan Mitchell. They think because Donovan Mitchell's jersey was on the former player's rack that the deal is done. They think that because somebody reported it on the radio that the deal is done. And what I'm telling you is that the deal's not done. What I'm telling you is that the deal is not close to being done because of the asking price and because of what, uh, like how far apart they are. Danny wants to get six picks out of this. The Knicks don't want to give six picks. It's a classic, you know, hey, I want this. You don't want to give me that situation. And if I'm Danny Ainge, if I'm the Utah Jazz, I'm not budging. Make the Knicks compromise. Make Leon compromise and sacrifice make them do what you want them to do and and I'm telling you Danny Ainge is a wizard at this stuff and and I know that this conversation uh in Utah Jazz land is probably a little bit tired if you're a Utah Jazz fan there's probably some burnout talking about when the organization's going to trade your best player and Donovan Mitchell a, a building block of an organization but I just think like look man if you're going to come beating down our door about Donovan Mitchell you damn well better be ready to give up most of your organization to do it and I think the Knicks want a discount and and I agree with the strategy you're not giving anybody a discount on Donovan Mitchell I I don't know that I like the word discount and I don't think it's nitpicking I actually think it's pretty significant I think the Knicks and Leon Rose want to give up four picks I think Danny Ainge wants six picks and pick swaps I think that that's an a, a crazy amount of compensation for a player of Donovan Mitchell's caliber and that's not a slight to Don that is not disrespecting Donovan Mitchell Facts are facts. Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, has not shown that he's worth six first-round picks. I think that's insanity. And if you're Leon Rose, I think the problem is you you likely understand you need to make this deal. Like you would, this deal really, in my opinion, would bring Nick fans back to the garden in droves. I mean, again, Donovan Mitchell, as we're well aware, is a Westchester County kid. This is a New Yorker through and through. His dad works for the Mets. Like, this is this is everything that you want in a trade. Facts. But I also think if you're Leon Rose, you can't give up six picks and three young players uh, plus Evan Fournier to get this deal done. I just I think it's too much, and I think the best trade that Leon Rose can make here, if I'm being quite honest, is no trade at all. I think if you are the New York Knicks and the asking price is three youngs, a vet, and six first round picks, the answer is no. We're not doing that. And I think that Leon Rose is being a very smart uh, executive here because as much as you need to make this trade, I don't believe that you can afford to make this trade if you're the New York Knicks. Um, And if you're Danny Ainge, I think you're handling this trade exactly right. You have no need to trade Donovan Mitchell. Regardless of what people tell you or rumors, Donovan Mitchell has never demanded a trade. He's not making it difficult. He's not making it uncomfortable. He's not talking about not showing up. Donovan Mitchell is doing everything the New York Knicks and the Utah Jazz need him to do, which is he's busting his ass to get better this offseason. There is no hurry to make this deal. And if if I was a betting man and I had to put ducats on the table right now, I'd probably say this is a matter of, of when, not if. But also, if I'm Leon Rose, I'm not giving up six picks. I'm just not. I think the the biggest issue is, and I know we talked about this on Friday, but I go back to the question of, does this make the New York Knicks this deal? If you give up Toppin, Grimes, Quickly, Fournier, and six first-round picks, are you an Eastern Conference contender? 
And I think, Jake, the answer is unequivocally, no, you are not. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough. Like, I, I, I think that, you know, you can't forget that you have, you have, you know, Jalen Brunson. You can't forget that you have, you know, and and I know it's Julius Randle. There's drama. Like, it's Julius. I totally get it. That comes with some some baggage. I'm with you. But I, but I think you've got talent. Now, I, do I think that they're going to win the Eastern Conference? No, I don't. I think that we've seen it time and time again in the NBA, obviously most notably with the Brooklyn Nets, um, that when you just throw talent together, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go out and win your conference, let alone get to the NBA Finals. I mean, we've seen that repeatedly. And, I, you know, so I think it's a tough situation, but I, but I agree with you. Like, if you're Leon Rose, this is a deal you have to do, but you have to do it in a way where you're not getting fleeced by Danny Ainge. And so my thing is when, when I'm saying that, hey, he wants a discount, what I mean by that is like, hey, like Danny's said, hey, this is the price. Don't come back to Danny Ainge looking for four first-round picks when right. you know right. that that's not going to get the deal done. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that Leon is, is like trying to, you know, not do like trying to get a discount. I get like, I just feel like Leon Rose knows the price and stop banging down, banging down the door with four picks. If you know, it's six. Well, like, I, I also think that there's a real good chance this deal doesn't get done. I mean, yeah. I, I, again, I, I, I can see it both ways. It's very difficult. I, I can tell you in my career, I've been a part of a lot of these situations where people talk and rumors and yeah, this has been one of the more difficult situations to navigate when it comes to what's going on behind the scenes because I think Leon Rose is being incredibly, um, not even close to the vest, tight to the vest, mm -hmm. like inside the vest, right? He's not a guy that is media friendly, which, you know, in today's NBA, I think there's a lot of value in that. I think Leon Rose is a guy that is navigating this very well. And I think we don't have a whole lot of idea about how much they're willing to pay. And from what I understand and what jazz sources are telling me, the New York Knicks are not willing to pay more than for first round picks. And the tough part is I, I actually think that's the right price for Don. Um, there is no reason for the Knicks to pay more than that because you're not winning a championship based on this trade. You have to have those other, you know, four first round picks. If you give up four, you've still got four more. That gives you leverage to go out and make another deal that that makes you a better player. By the way, I don't know if anybody saw, but John Collins did not look exactly stellar at the Drew this weekend. Um, I think his value is quite low. If I'm the Knicks, I'm I am that's a that that's a deal with Atlanta, like Mm -hmm. that I would be looking there at. There are options. There are options out there, but not if you give up six first-round picks. There there just isn't, and I think that's the hard part. If you, if you are, you know, if you are the New York Knicks, it's how close are you? Because I also look at this situation, and I say to myself, I don't know that you have a championship-caliber head coach in New York. I don't know that you have an owner in Jimmy Dolan that's willing to do what's got to be done to win a championship. So bringing Donovan Mitchell in now doesn't feel like the move that puts you over the top. Mm -hmm. And if I'm giving up six first-round picks, or let's say the four first-round picks, it better win me a championship. I mean, you understood this with the the Minnesota Timberwolves-Rudy Gobert deal. Yeah, I understood why they made that deal. I think most people understood why the Minnesota Timberwolves made that deal. 
They made that deal because they felt like that brought them closer to a championship. Yep. They made that deal because, in all likelihood, they are much closer to a championship than they were before Rudy Gobert was on that roster. Facts. I, I look at the West, and I know it's incredibly difficult to get out of the West, but Rudy Gobert makes it a lot more possible for the Minnesota Timberwolves to get out. Donovan Mitchell does not make it a lot more possible for the New York Knicks as they are currently constructed to get out of the East. I, I, I just don't see that. And that's why I say it's not the end of the world, Jake, if the, if the New York Knicks don't make that deal. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, that I hear a lot is like, is like you know, what is, what is Donovan Mitchell worth? And I want to be really clear. We're not having a conversation about what Donovan Mitchell is worth. We're having a conversation about what the Utah Jazz want for Donovan Mitchell. And that's two very different things. And I think people need to understand that. Like, the, I agree with you. He's probably worth four picks. Like, that's probably fair compensation. Four first-round first picks. picks. But Danny's not going to take four first-round picks with where his roster is at and where the culture is at in Salt Lake, right? And, like, where the situation is at. So that's why I say, like, I agree if you're Leon, like the, and really this isn't any negotiation, whether you're trying to buy a house with, with Devery Davis or you're the New York Knicks trying to get Donovan Mitchell, dude, you got to be able to walk away from any deal that is in front of you. You got to be able to say, okay, Hey, this is your asking price. This isn't going to work out for us right now. Let's come back in a year when Donovan Mitchell is unhappy and has demanded a trade. Then we'll see what the asking price is. And that's what I think the Knicks ultimately have to do here. I, Cause if you're Leon Rose, trading, making this deal and giving up six first-round picks probably doesn't put you in a good place to to go out and lose. You know, as far as the Eastern Conference Finals are concerned, because that that's that's what it is. If you make the Donovan Mitchell trade, you give all this up, right? The expectation is a, a, an NBA Finals appearance at a minimum. I would think. I, I mean, I don't know what Nick fans have to say about it. I'm sure we've got plenty in the comments, but I would think that you know, getting to the NBA Finals is the expectation. If you've got you know, Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, you know, Mitchell Robinson, like you've got guys. So I guess the question really is, if you do make this deal, you do give up six first round picks. You know, you do give up a couple of players, including some of your key young guys to do this, to get Donovan Mitchell. Is it NBA finals or bust? I guess that that's what my question would be. But I just think that if I'm if I'm on the other side of the phone and I'm Danny Ainge, I'm not doing the New York Knicks any favors, man. It, you, the price is the price, and and I'm not coming off of it. And that's why I say, like, when last week happened, when you've got people on the radio talking about, oh, the deal's done, or we get Woj bombs, or we get this, or we get that, like, the deal's not done until I get an announcement from the NBA. And, and that's yeah. where I'm kind of at on it. I'm tired of, hey, this deal's really close. This deal's really close. Because I don't feel like it's really ever been that close. Like, it, I, it just doesn't, to me, feel that way. No, and I think we talked about that on Friday. Like, uh, I think, and now having a little clarity on it, you know, and, and again, if you're just tuning into the show this morning, uh, happy Monday, too. We appreciate everybody being here. Please give us a thumbs up and a like. It really does help uh, the channel grow. But if you're just tuning in, you know, we're, we're talking about Donovan Mitchell in the Knicks. And the update over the weekend was it really wasn't an update. And the clarity we got was the Jazz and the Knicks wanted, you know, definitive understanding of how many of those eight picks 
uh, they could move. And so they consulted the NBA on this trade, which, by the way, is not surprising in that this is going to be a very complex deal if it gets done. Like, this is not going to be, yeah. you know, your mom's 1v1, you know, you take my player, I take your kind of trade. Right. That's not what this is going to be. So I think the Jazz and the Knicks consulted the NBA very wisely. Hey and I think those conversations probably triggered leaks in the NBA office that had people believing a deal was close. Um, because generally when a trade goes to the NBA office, they're looking for approval on a done deal. I totally understand that. But I think you're in a situation where you're seeing that this is a very complex trade that's going to take a lot of, of creativity to get done. And again, I simply say, and I'm, I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell supporter. He's not worth six first-round picks. Yeah. Is there I anybody in the league that is? Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I don't know that any player in the NBA is worth that. I look at this situation in Boston, breaking news this morning out of the NBA. It's a Woj bomb. Woj! The Boston Celtics and the uh, Brooklyn Nets have been engaged on trade talk centering around Jalen Brown and Kevin Durant that would have Kevin Durant end up in Boston with Jalen Brown ending up at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Um, and the 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 holdup seems to be twofold. Are the Boston Celtics really willing to include Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart? Um, and how many first-round picks are the Celtics willing to include? And it looks like for Kevin Durant, who, by the way, is 33, not 25 like Donovan Mitchell, mm -hmm. but a 33-year-old Kevin Durant with, you know, fully, I think, what, four more years left on that deal or something so, like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, you have a guy in Kevin Durant that is older, longer term, much more expensive player. What's that mean? He's getting fewer first-round picks. But you also have the Celtics who are willing to include three first-round picks, Jalen Brown. But is Marcus Smart really a guy that's a tipping point in a deal? And it would appear that it is because according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the NBA insider at ESPN, he's saying that Boston does not want to include Marcus Smart in a Kevin Durant trade and that Brooklyn is demanding that that trade include Marcus Smart. Right. And the question I think you have to ask yourself, if, you're, if you are Boston, is Marcus Smart really a guy that you're like, well, nope, that's where my line is. I'm not giving up Marcus Smart you can keep Kevin Durant. Because, Jake, I'm not so sure that I, I would I would go to my deathbed with Marcus Smart if it's what prevents me from, from getting Kevin Durant. Because I look at, at, at Jason Tatum, that's a guy that needs a mentor. Yeah. They, they, they need on that team in Boston, desperately in my opinion, a guy like Kevin Durant who's been there and done that. And he can instill that certain level of confidence. Because I, I, I ask the same question about Jason Tatum. I ask about Donovan Mitchell. Is Don the it? Is he the alpha? Is he the guy that can be your number one option on a championship team? I don't know if he is. I don't know if Jason Tatum is. I certainly don't think um, that Jason Tatum showed you in the finals he was. Right. So I think that's a very valid question when you're trying to trade for Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think there was there's a lot of inconsistencies with you know those guys you were just mentioning the Jason Tatum's, the Donovan Mitchell's. Like there is there's a lot of inconsistency. I think Jason Tatum did take a step forward this past season. I think he showed some nice things, but I also think there were games where he disappeared and and was unable to perform. You know, and in that that I think is what you don't get from Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I think he had one game in their entire playoff run where where he didn't have a, like a 25-point night. He carried them, and, and I don't think anybody disputes that. And, and I just think that, you know, yeah, for Boston, yeah, this is a deal that you'd love to make. Uh, and I have to agree with you. 
I would include Marcus Smart because at the end of the day, what did the great God Almighty Marcus Smart do against Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson? Well, he didn't do that much, did he? Like, it wasn't like Marcus Smart, like, like shut down Steph Curry, which is basically what he's marketed as. This guy who's a great defender, can cause a lot of problems. Ultimately, that didn't help you win a championship. And if I'm Boston, I think you have to be, unfortunately, kind of cold-blooded about this one. I think I, I do think you have to say, yeah, you know what? I believe that Kevin Durant and his offensive game is more valuable with where our team is at than Marcus Smart and his defensive game. Yeah. I think you have to say that. Totally agree. Let's get your comments in here on uh, both Donovan Mitchell. Uh, still no deal. Is Donovan Mitchell worth six first-round picks? Man, I, I would I would not make that deal if I'm the New York Knicks. And would you trade Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown to get Kevin Durant? And I think I, I would. Yes, I would. I would. Yes, yeah, I would. In Boston, are you kidding me? Uh, Colton Bitten says, uh, good morning, Monty. Let's go golfing. My treat. What's up, Colton? Um, Jake R says, good morning. Justin Salas says, morning, fellas. New baby has me awake early today. Ah, congratulations. A new, a new let's listener go. to the show. Let's and go. Justin Salas's new baby. Yeah, let's Make go. It. Justin, you know how they say, like, if you swaddle a baby in your bosoms while you're listening <clears> to <throat> classical music, it makes them like a more intelligent, like, baby growing up. They, they say the same thing about listening to our show with your child. Deep in the bosoms, listening to the Monty Show, Road Scholar. You know. So, you know. Let's go. And ranch dressing. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Ramsey's 10 says, good morning. Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. Don't want to see Mitchell leave, but at this point, let's just rip the Band-Aid off and let the hurt heal and move on. You well, see what I mean, though? This is this is precisely what I'm talking about. Dude, fans are burned out. And I know, I know yes. hey, fans don't matter to Danny Ainge or like the front office or that level of guy. I totally get it. Totally respect it. But what does matter is ticket sales. What does matter is how many people buy that highlighter yellow jersey, right? What does matter is, hey, did you make the playoffs? I can guarantee you they care about that. Yes. And I'm telling you, if this keeps going on and then you trade him right before camp starts, let's say, that's not going to be a good look. And so I, I just think that the timing of this oddly matters a lot more now than it did like a month ago. I feel yes, like you're getting does. like you're getting yes. to a point where you need to just step away from this Knicks situation yes. or get the deal done. Like one way or the other cuz we got to get on the move with Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich. There's some rumors about Jared Vanderbilt. Well, think about like, Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside. Like, like you have to build out the rest of this yeah. roster and this Nick trade clearly has has been holding you up I think from doing that. Because I think you don't want the Donovan deal um, to go through after. Like, you're not going to make a Boyan trade until you make the Donovan deal. Yeah. Because you don't know what you have and you don't know what value then you would need. Because if you make a Donovan trade and you get six first-round picks, doesn't your asking price for Boyan slightly change? Yes. I mean, I would think it would. Well, and I think the rest of the league is waiting on you, too. By the way, yeah, that should be said. Uh, Game Bucket Boy Z, what's up? Says the Jazz should bring Whiteside back. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Kanai Johnson says the Monty Show is the only reason I look forward to Mondays now. Appreciate you, bro. KJ. Appreciate good to see you, you my friend. Uh, Ramsey's ten. Utah, New York, and Indiana are among the teams who have discussed deals with the Lakers involving Russell Westbrook and draft capital. Yeah, I saw Shams tweeted that out. I think Russell Westbrook. <sighs> He's nothing more than a buyout for the Jazz. I mean, if you if you really look at that, 
Well, I think for any team, really. I mean, what, where is he going to go and be a contributor on the floor outside of L.A.? Like, I don't think anybody wants that right now. I thought Tim Bontemps' point on Get Up the other morning on ESPN, we, we watch Get Up in the background while we're getting ready to do the show, and Tim Bontemps from ESPN made a really good point. If Russell Westbrook gets bought out, does somebody else sign him? Are we looking at the last days of Russell Westbrook in the NBA? I'm not ready to go that far. But is there a lot of value in bringing Russell Westbrook in on a, a vet minimum after he gets bought out? I think so. Yeah. Well, I think he's got value from that standpoint. Sure. I, I think he has value. But the, the question for me is, what role does he take on your roster? You know, if you if you really think about it, he is a volume player. He needs the ball. Russell Westbrook, to be really effective, needs the ball in his hands a lot. <clears throat> yeah. And I, so I think if you're if you're a contender looking to get over the top, A, is Russell Westbrook a guy that has a, a, a real attractiveness? Is he a guy that you want and you're like, oh, well, we're one player away. We better go get Russell Westbrook. No. Nope. See, I agree nope. with that. I, I don't think you are. I mean, if you are a if you're in Orlando and you need to sell tickets, you're probably more wanting to. But if you're Miami, if you're Boston, if you're that doesn't make a lot of sense. About Washington. I mean, Washington's a place he played well. OKC's a place he played well. I mean, I, I could see those scenarios. But it doesn't make sense to go back to Houston now with what they have going on, the momentum no, I, they have. I, I don't think he does. Gabe Ledley, good morning to you. Is Monty really going to make us wait until Friday for the RSL show with Mrs. Monty and Tanner announcement? <clears throat> Gabe, we were trying to hold on to that. as like our, it's all part of the plan. Like, we were trying to hold on to that until Friday, and now you've spoiled the announcement. Unbelievable, Gabe. I, I, Gabe. Unbelievable, dude. Good Lord. Unbelievable. We do yeah, have. You can see there's not much hope for you left. Yeah, Friday we're going to drop some dynamite on yeah, the show. Yeah, like, like, you need to be here Friday. And this is, I'm not talking about, like, you know, we've done game console giveaways in the past. No. We've done some things in the past. It's nothing like that. What we're announcing Friday will blow your mind, literally. Friday is going to be interesting. Friday, Friday at 8 Mountain Time, 8 a.m. Mountain Time. Yes. We will make a major announcement on the show. So don't miss that one. Steve Hambone, good morning to you. Teddy Wayman, what is up? What's up, up, Teddy? What's up, my guy? Teddy, good to see you. Karen Montemayor. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Karen Montemayor on the show. Uh, my dark web sources close to Donovan Mitchell have confirmed that Mitchell and the Jazz have agreed to rob the Knicks of all their draft picks. Well, there you go. Infowars.com. There you go. Karen also says Mitchell will play poorly for the Knicks. Could give the Jazz better draft picks. Once Mitchell's contract ends, he'll sign with the Jazz to be surrounded by their newly, newly acquired talent. Infowars.com. Okay. Don't let that, don't let the aluminum foil hat chafe the earlobes, okay? <laughs> uh, Ishmael Beck Nielsen. What's up? IBN. No offense, Karen, but you're tripping. <laughs> I think Diamond's <laughs> reputation would be destroyed if that becomes the case. Don't take anything he says seriously. Or she. It could be a she. Uh, sup, y'all? Greg Hawkins. Good morning. Now, <laughs> so I'm at Harmon's um, at the, the new Mountain View uh, Village Harmon's here By in the way, uh, Harriman. Beautiful Harmon's. Just it have is. to say. But Mrs. Monty and I are meal prepping, and we're, so we're shopping for that, and we're looking at salad dressing, and I look over on the shelf. And you know that section on the shelf where you're like, only losers shop here? Right, yeah. I it, Well, it made me think of Greg Hawkins because, well, it was all blue cheese dressing. And, come on, man. You know. Greg, dude, come on. We got to get you on the ranch train, man. 
at least compromise with us and go with honey mustard. Come on. And look, if I got to fly to the Philippines to drown you in a vat of Ken's ranch dressing, I'll do it. I'm going to say this again. The, the blue cheese thing is in my head. I even tweeted that Greg Hawkins is living rent free in my head. Yeah. When, when I think about Greg, when I think about you at the grocery store, you're in my head. That, like, you're, feel me? you're in my head, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Tanner Plummer says, good morning, you filthy casuals. Good to see you, friend. Uh, Antha Man says, done deal, LMAO. No, not but a do done deal. But do you see what I mean? Do you see? But I'm, I really appreciate that comment, even though it's tongue in cheek. Like, I get it. I appreciate the comment. Hey, it's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. And now we're a week past it, and it's not done. It's not done. Nice, dude. How about Ultra Cowboy with that new cowboy lid? We're going to talk about those helmets in a minute. He says, I thought Danny was an assassin. Leon is not dumb. No, he's not. He's an assassin. Uh, Ultra Cowboy also says, Leon Rose is schooling Danny Ainge. See, but I don't buy that either. I don't think anybody's getting schooled. I think this is simply two guys that are really good at their jobs. And Danny Ainge is a proven operative. Leon Rose, frankly, is a new executive in the NBA that was a a prolific agent Mm -hmm. that represented NBA talent who's now a general manager. And I think he's a guy that's kicking ass for the Knicks. Because in the past, guys like Isaiah Thomas would have got spun into a top. Yeah. And this deal would have been done and you would have lost all 59,000 picks coming up. How the fuck else would you do You know, like I'm saying? Like, I so... I don't think that Danny's getting schooled. I, I don't think there's there. I don't think that's the case. Uh, let's see. Uh, JP Shanahan, could there be a chance, even a small one, that Mitchell returns to Jasmine? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think there's more than a yeah, small chance. Yeah, more than a small yeah. chance. Yeah. yeah. Brett Robbins says, Devery Buckets, Ohio. So, uh, let's Davis, go. Exactly yes. right. Buckets, Ohio. Let's go. Devery Buckets, Ohio. Davis. Yes, sir. Called Devery Davis. No break. We're giving away a trip for two to uh, see BYU. Uh, and Notre Dame in Las Vegas, brought to you by Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. Academy Mortgage and Devery Davis are equal housing lenders. NMLS number 278545. But I always say this, no matter where you are in the country or in the world, and you're sitting there saying to yourself, I can't afford to buy a house. You guys are crazy. If you if you know the answers, you can't afford it, call Devery and have them confirm it. What do you have to lose? A five-minute phone call that'll change your life? Because he's, by the way, Devery's amazing on the phone. That's one of the most entertaining conversations you'll have all, all yeah. of your life. Devery's a salt-of-the-earth, wonderful human. Yep. But trust me when I say it, he's going to change your mind. You can afford to buy a house. You can afford that down payment. Call Devery Davis Academy Mortgage today. 801-543-9666. 801-543-9666. For Devery Buckets O House Davis. And the only other thing I'd say on that. Love that. Is when you think you can't do it, just remember, like, know what you don't know. You don't know what Devery Davis has at his disposal. You don't know the special programs that he might have. Like, I I personally, last year, talked to Devery about uh, a a special fund that the state of Utah has for first-time homebuyers. Like, I talked to him personally. He's my guy. Now, I didn't get, I wasn't able to do the deal at that time. However, I can tell you we're close on that now. And that's why I'm saying, like, just call the guy. Talk to him. See what he has to say. Because yeah. you never know how information from Devery could change your path. Do it. Do it. Do Let's it. Let's see. The blind swordsman, DS, with his name being on the former player rack, is is damn disrespectful. I don't buy that at all. 
can we stop with the former player rack? <laughs> like, do you really think the Jazz are going to be like, oh, yeah, put him on the former player Dude, rack? Dude, an intern printed out a piece of paper that said former player rack and taped it to the Don jerseys. Come on. Like, come on. What are we doing? I, I, I don't put any... I don't put any leverage in that at all. Yeah, uh, Prismac from Poland. What's up? What's up, my man? Maybe trade Don to other teams. I don't think they're out trying to trade Donovan Mitchell. This yeah. is a conversation we've had a lot, too. I just don't think the Jazz are, are out to do that. You know, I, I don't. Derek Gray says, good morning, Monty and Jake. What's up? Good morning. Ultra Cowboy. Knicks fans always show up to the garden. Use the picks to move up in the draft next year. Well, next year's draft is massive. Yep. But I think the Garden has seen more empty seats the last five years. And and there have been some dark days in the Garden. But it's still the Garden. And let's not let's not sit here and say that the Garden isn't a special place, right? Like, I think that, yeah, it has seen some dark days. Yeah, it has gone through a downturn. But it's still the Garden. And you're still one player away from that place being lit on fire every single night. James Knight says, so if Don lands uh, at the Knicks, it makes a mockery of his motivation for a championship. It's it's getting paid. Well, I mean, I think you're not wrong. I mean, if we're really saying if Donovan Mitchell wants to stick and stay with the thing where I want to win a championship and, okay, so trade me to the Knicks. I don't think Donovan's ever, I don't think Donovan's ever wavered on, I want to win a championship. All I care about is winning a championship. I don't think he's ever wavered on that. Yeah. But I think it's awfully difficult to turn down your hometown team. And to me, if he goes to the Knicks, I think it's completely understandable. I I, I mean, if I could be a Chicago Cub, I would. Right. Uh, there's just, there's no doubt about that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Calm Islamly says, you guys still talking about a trade that's never going to happen, LMAO. Could be. Yeah, I mean, you could be right. Absolutely. Spencer Morgan, good morning to you, friend. He says, LOL, the former players rack thing is hilarious. Yeah. As if the manager of some jersey stand is going to have the inside track on a trade. Oh, wait. Is that who Monty's source is? Yeah, well, you caught me. Yeah, it's the manager Damn. at the team store. Damn. Yep, Spencer Morgan outed us. Damn. For sure. Uh, Ultra Cowboy, James Dolan gets a bad rap. Look what he has done with the Rangers. Well, that's hockey. He has been a terrible owner of the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a human being, as a manager, as an operator, as a money man, he's been a terrible owner of the Knicks. I, I don't, there's no other way to put that. From Isaiah Thomas to Phil Jackson to whoever. I mean, it, he's been a terrible owner of the Knicks. I, I don't, there, I, I don't see any way to defend him. I, I, I really don't. Uh, let's see. Dylan Rodriguez says, is Luca to blame for the Utah rebuild? No. No, no way, shape, or form. I, no. I don't think outside of going to the Western Conference Finals this past season, this would have been the case. They knew the, the Utah Jazz from a very, very early stage of Danny Ainge's time with the Jazz. They knew they were trading Rudy Gobert. I mean, we've been talking about this for a year. Yeah. They knew they were going to trade him. You don't pay a center who's an offensive liability 23% of your salary cap. Like, Rudy Gobert is a great player. He is a defensive stud. But he's making $41 million a year on average. And you, you're you not going to win like that. Not in Utah. Like, yeah, I mean, that's huge money for a guy that was very limited and was able to be schemed off the, the floor. Yeah. In the playoffs by teams like the Clippers and and the Dallas Mavericks, frankly. So but that's why he's a great fit in in, in uh, Timberwolves land. Yes. Like he's not asked to score. He's not asked to do 
anything but set screens and rebound. And that's what he's elite at. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Julio Durango says, why you guys have a Jordan poster? Jazz fans shake my head. Uh, LOL. Can you keep Mitchell not trading six picks? First of all, I, I'm born and raised in Chicago. I'm a huge Chicago Bulls fan. Yeah. And this is um, Bruce uh, at the Bud Plant. Our guy Bruce is the one who gave this to me. Right. And it's it's a collector's item. It's one of the original uh, Gatorade be like Mike posters. Yeah. And it is a spectacular piece. Like it is. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my prized possessions. I, I, I like it's not a shot at jazz fans. Now, my license plate that says flu game. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know. We'll get to that a little later in the show. That's Don't probably worry. that's probably insensitive. Uh, you know. Uh, let's see. My Holy King. Good morning, King. <laughs> uh, says Kemba Walker never showed up in New York. He's from the Bronx. Not everyone wants to play where they're from. Truth. Yeah. I think Donovan Mitchell wants to play but where still, he's from. But still, remember, Kemba had huge moments at the Garden in college, dude. Like, don't forget... The dagger step back. Like, don't forget some of the things he did. So, yeah. I agree. He didn't show up as a Nick. I agree that he was a letdown and a disappointment. Totally agree. Yes. But I don't think because Kemba Walker didn't show up that we can say Donovan Mitchell's not going to show up. I If Donovan Mitchell puts on a Nick uniform, I guarantee you he's going to show Don up. Wants, Don wants the fire. He wants the smoke, yeah. the heat. He wants yeah, it dude. all. Like, yeah. I don't think Donovan Mitchell putting on... Uh, a Nick uniform is going to change who he is as a player. That guy, I'm telling you, I think the world of Donovan. I think as a basketball player, there are a few few guys that have a better motor. Um, his internal drive, his want to, his professionalism, none of that is in question. Is he clutch? I don't know. We're going to find out. Is the guy working his ass off every offseason? Yes. Does he give his very best on a nightly basis? Yes. Is he perfect? No. The guy needs to defend. And he needs a score in the mid-range. But if you're watching the Black Ops runs in New York with Chris mm. Brickley, Donovan mm -mm. Mitchell is working on his game. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. I I just, I believe in the guy. I think Donovan Mitchell is a, is a generational type talent that I think this year is going to come out of the gate. He's going to average 30 points. And I think he has the potential to be a top five player in the NBA. Is that enough to go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Not right now for the Knicks. It's not because I... With all due respect to Mitchell Robinson, and it, listen, you have guys here that need the basketball. R.J. Barrett, to develop and grow into the player everybody wants him to be, needs the basketball. Julius Randle needs the basketball. Like, Donovan Mitchell needs the basketball. You, you can't have that. That mix of guys is, is that's some clumpy, murky soup, bro. Like, and I, and I think that's part of the reason I, I would tell you not to give up all those picks. I, I just don't. Uh, let's see. Steve Peterson says, lifelong jazz fan, and you've got to respect everything that Jordan did in his career. Now, if it was a Braun poster, I'd question every decision Monty has made. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And I agree with that. But it's not a Braun poster. It's Michael and Jordan. And it is, it is Michael Jordan, the best player that's ever played. So that, like, I can tell you as, as a young reporter covering the Chicago Bulls. Oh, he don't know nothing. I almost passed out the first time I stood next to Michael Jordan. Like I, it was one of the single greatest moments of my entire life. The first time I ever stood next to Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. I've never felt that way again. Like, and I've, I have, I was at LeBron's first game. I covered Kobe and Shaq when they were together with the Lakers. Um, I've been around some unbelievable talent. I've seen things on a baseball field, on a basketball court, on a football field. 
I watched Marshall Falk do some things with a football. I, I mean, I saw the, the Rich Gannon Raiders at their absolute best. I, I what mean, do you think your favorite was out of all the things you've seen? Oh, the lob from Kobe to Shaq is not close. That play, that moment, the Lakers being down on on death's door. I think they were down 17 points in the fourth quarter, Game 7, Western Conference Finals against the Portland Trailblazers. And they come back and they win. Going to, going to Sacramento and absolutely dominating the Kings to come back and win that series, like, the, co- the, co- the thing is, Kobe and Shaq didn't get along, but they were just not willing to lose. They weren't willing to lose. I, Michael Jordan did some things that I've never seen. Kobe Bryant did some things that I didn't think I'd ever see, ever again. I, I just did, I, I, I mean, I, I, it's, Mike, it's probably Michael Jordan. Like, just... Michael Jordan has a buzz about him just standing up next to you. Like you feel there's only two guys I've ever felt that way about being close to Deepak Chopra did an in-studio interview with me once that was unreal. And Michael Jordan in a locker room Mm -hmm. in Chicago stadium was amazing. was amazing. And I, I, that's why I have such deference for him, but Man, I'm telling you, yeah, guys like Kevin Durant, having seen Kevin Durant up close and personal, Steph Curry, watching Steph Curry's warmups, having I I covered Golden State for a very brief period of my career, watching Steph Curry warm up is is crazy, because he does not miss a shot, and you just know it's going in. Like the NBA, I love the NBA. Yeah, I love the NBA. I I just do. You know, uh, let's see. Uh, Cooper Jones says LeBron is the best player ever, Jordy. Okay, well, how do you block people on this? Um, Don't you know who I am? You know. Uh, James Knight says, let's hope Brickley gets that loser limp out of Don's game. Loser limp. Why are you hating on guy, man? Why Why are you hating on buddy? I don't know. I don't. Uh, let's see. Uh, Requan L says, who's giving Jalen uh, Jalen's work to Luca? Who's giving Jalen's work to Luca? What do you mean? What does that mean? Uh, Dop Hop. Knicks fans want that trade. That's why they're always on Jazz Podcast saying we deserve this trade on the cheap. Who else wants DM? Oh, Jazz better. Uh, oh, no. Jazz might keep the three-time All-Star. Like, I I think Knicks fans are some of the most passionate yeah. fans in the NBA. I think they're some of the most educated fans in the NBA. They, they're no different than Jazz fans. No team should want to give up a jockstrap more than they have to to make a deal. Yeah. Like Who giving, does that? Yeah, giving up six picks is a disaster. It just is. I don't even know that there's a player worth six picks. Honest to God. Uh, John Conley says, Phil Jackson cost the Knicks Don Suchi. Okay. Uh, Brandon West says, do you think there will ever be another MJ? No. And there will never be another Shaq, another Kobe. Like, all these guys coming up are their own individual guys. There won't be another Braun. There won't be another Kevin Durant. No. There won't. I, I don't. You know, like, it's... Yeah, that's just me. Hawkeye says, oh, stop it. Dolan's not the problem. I didn't say he was the problem. I said he's been the problem, and I think he's got to prove that he can win a championship as an owner. Yeah. Jeannie Buss has to prove she can win a championship. Ryan Smith has to prove he can win a championship as an owner. You do. And I I think that's one of the more fascinating things about talking to, to Jazz fans and Knicks fans on the same show. 
Like you, you just see how desperate fan bases are to win championships. So it'll, it'll, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Gobert messed up the market uh, uh, along with the T Wolves front office. Uh, Greeny from LI says, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. But, but let's be very clear. Like, that's not Rudy's fault. Like Rudy Gobert had nothing to do with the negotiations on his that's trade. That's a hundo like, P. That's a hundo P. The Timberwolves for paying that. Yeah. Like that's why Danny would you Ainge pay that? Asking for the right price and the Timberwolves caving and doing yeah, it. That it, it. Are you serious? You made that trade. Like that's one of those Herschel Walker get fired trades. Like oh, what a loser. Yeah. Like what were you thinking? Like I, dude. What an idiot, dude. What are you? No. What are you doing, no, bro? Man. Come no. on. Uh, Joshua Rodriguez says, Knicks fan here, Dolan doesn't have control of anything but paying the tax fees now. It's all Scott Perry. Well, yeah, and a lot of people have said that. But I a think lot the of point remains, listen, not that you're wrong, but I think the point remains that they got to prove they can win something. Like, I think I, I agree with the concept that you have enough talent now to to be a playoff team for the next couple of seasons. No doubt about it. I think the problem is, is nobody knows if Donovan Mitchell can be the guy. That's correct. Nobody knows. That's yep. the problem. I agree. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, besides Minnesota being a true East Coast contender. <clears> right, <throat> right. What right. are your other hot takes, Jake? Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe I fuck mean, yourself. you know. Yeah, Jake's had some guy, hot guy, takes. Guy misspeaks one time and all of a sudden, you know. He's a misspeaker. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, a couple more. Brett Robbins says, uh, trade Boyan and a few Wolves picks for Isaac. Nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, what do you guys make of this Kevin Durant story? Because I do want to get to that um, a little more in detail. I mean, uh, I, I this story, Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj bomb. Uh, Woj bomb at like three in the morning. Isn't it always? That Boston, the Celtics, are involved in Kevin Durant negotiations uh, in a trade that surrounds Jalen Brown. And Brooklyn wants Marcus Smart and at least three first-round picks. I'm doing that deal if I'm Boston because Boston's got to get back to the finals. Boston's got to win a championship. And I think Kevin Durant puts the Boston Celtics at the top of the Eastern Conference. And if I'm the Celtics, I think I see that I have a very small window to win with this group of talent because you're looking at a guy like Marcus Smart's not going to play at this level uh, for a very long time. He's just not that guy. He's not that 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 he doesn't have that body. He doesn't have, in my opinion, the the ceiling to continue to improve. Yes. And as much as I think that Jason Tatum has a very high ceiling, you bring in Kevin Durant and automatically Jason Tatum's a better player. Right. Right. I think you bring in Kevin Durant, and if you don't give up a guy like Grant Williams, Grant Williams becomes a better player. Mm -hmm. You've got to find a way to get Kevin Durant on that team. And yeah, I would agree. It's not ideal to give up Marcus Smart, but are you telling me you can't win with KD if Marcus Smart's not there? I don't buy that for a second. Yeah. My feeling is, Jake, they got to make this deal in Boston. Yeah, and again, I think the conversation, if you're if you're Boston, is, hey, what's more valuable to us? Is Kevin Durant's offensive ability and leadership and experience in the postseason more valuable than Marcus Smart's defensive ability uh, in Marcus Smart's ex experience. And I'm here to tell you, yeah, I'm making that deal every day. Like, I, I think that that's not even a conversation. I think that, that Kevin Durant's, you know, still in his prime, in my opinion. Kevin Durant can still put you over the top and, and help you win a championship. And I think the other thing here is that you were, Boston was the best defensive team in the league last year. Now, yes, Marcus Smart had a lot to do with that, but Marcus Smart is one man. It, it's not to say that Marcus Smart was your entire defense. So that's why I say I don't think it's a hefty price to pay 
to throw Marcus Smart in the deal to make it work. It's not a hefty price to pay to essentially guarantee an NBA Finals appearance. That like That's just what I think of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think one of the, the things that people really struggle with is what are you willing to give up? Like I look at back at the Jazz. Like are you willing to trade, um, you know, Don Bogey, Conley, Jordan Clarkson? Mm-hmm. I'm, I, what are you willing to give up? What's your appetite for suckage in order to get back to the top? Because I don't think anybody believes that Kevin Durant's leaving Brooklyn to go lose. I mean, I, I, I don't no. see that. I mean, this is a guy that, um, you know, for better or for worse, is a ring chaser, and I see everybody talking about that. But I think it's very interesting to see to see how this goes. You know, I think it'll be interesting to see exactly how this trade works out. Uh, ben Cinco, good morning to you. He says, lifelong fan from the Philippines here. Jazz fan, lifelong jazz fan from the Philippines. I've been listening to your show pretty much every day. Well, we appreciate you being here. Appreciate that. He says, the past few weeks now, glad to know there's at least two of us from this part of the world who are regular listeners to your show. Oh, man. Oh, there's more than two of you. Yeah, there's probably... There's probably six. There's a pretty good handful of people. Uh, Greg Hawkins yeah. listens to the show in the Philippines. I mean, um, Eric Tavera. Like, I mean, there's a good. Yeah. There's a good bit of people that that listen to the show. Yeah, Greg, exactly right. Greg Hawkins says there's like eight rotating listeners from the Philippines in the show pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Ben, like I, you're in good company. I mean, and thank you, Jordan Clarkson, because I know I've I, I've had a ton of people say, well, hey, man. I'm listening to your show because Jordan Clarkson. So we appreciate that. Uh, Ben Cinco, thanks for being here. George from uh, the island says, history repeats itself. Durant left the Thunder to go to a team that beat him. Yeah, seriously. How crazy would that be if he leaves Brooklyn to go to Boston? Hey, listen, Kevin, like you got to be okay with that. Kev? Kev, the Kevster, you know, like you got to be okay with the fact that people are always going to regard you. As a ring chaser, and part of me is like, hey, ring chasing's fine. And then another part of me is like, hey, dude, you never did it on your own. And LeBron did it. Michael did it. Like, you know, these guys, Kobe certainly. Like, the best of the best, like the greatest of all time guys you're trying to compete with at one point did it on their own. Yeah. I don't know. I I think that Kevin Durant's legacy's on the line. Yeah. I mean, he needs to, He the drama's got to go away. The drama has to go away with him. Like, you just can't keep... You can't keep doing it, you know, like you just in, in fact, he's too good of a player to keep wasting like that. Yeah. Diane A says, does Ainge want to begin the season with a new coach and all the trades of, of DM? I, I would think a clean slate is necessary. Well, I think you're going to have a clean slate and Donovan Mitchell because the every day that goes on, it becomes less likely they make a deal before training camp. And I think what you can't do is go into training camp and have this dark cloud hanging over you of like when you're going to trade Dom, like there needs to be. Like, at some yes. point, you either need to do the deal or you need to come out and definitively say, hey, Donovan Mitchell's here. Like, we're not moving him. Like, there needs to be – you got to hit the pause button publicly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Tyler P. says, I'm shocked the Nets turned down um, Jalen Brown. I, I don't think they turned it down. I think they, they want Marcus Smart. Yeah. I, I think they do, and I would make it a huge price as well. Uh, Cooper says, Katie is such a drama queen. His legacy has been tainted. See, that's m- where I'm at. Yeah. I do agree. His legacy has been tainted. No doubt about it. Hoops Express, good morning to you. Should the Warriors trade for Kevin Durant? I I don't think they should. I mean, you're too good now. And I, I and this is without Kaminga and Weissman really playing a, a pivotal part of your championship. Yeah, life. what need do you have? Yeah. Like, you just did it without him. 
and, and I think Steph Curry is starting to play his best basketball. I mean, game four, Steph. Incredible. And, and I think that's who he's going to be. Like, my feeling is, is that Steph Curry now is playing his best basketball ever. Yeah. So I don't think you need to trade for KD. I, I wouldn't do that. Uh, Brett Robbins says, now you just rebuilt your future. Now you're giving it all away to ring chase for one chip. Seriously. Exactly. Uh, Munir Aboria. If Utah retools by keeping Spida, what kind of trades should they do? Keep up the good work. Thank you. I, I think you have to trade Boyan and you have to trade Conley. I would not, in my opinion, trade Jordan Clarkson. I, I just think he is he every team needs a Jordan Clarkson. Yes. I I, I it that's just my opinion. Well, and I think Pat Bev is the other guy you gotta talk about. I mean, at some point Absolutely. that's a guy that you're you're gonna flip. And he to me, like he feels like a guy you'd keep on the team and move him at the deadline. Like let him do work for you. Let him let him oh, energize I don't know. the team. I, I, I think you I think you'd like to move him before the season, wouldn't you? I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I, there's absolute value in that. James Knight says it makes perfect sense that Katie wants to go to Boston. They must be close to a ring. Surprise! Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of that. Hoops, I, uh, Hoops Express says, do you think the Warriors will trade Donovan Mitchell to the Warriors? You mean the Jazz? I don't. I don't. I think if they don't do the... The Nick trade, I think he's on the team till the deadline at the minimum. Yeah. Uh, Widescreen TV says, hot take if KD is traded for Brown and Smart, Nets will do better than Boston next season. Ooh. Ooh. I don't hate that. Um, I don't hate that. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the other thing you got to take into consideration. Obviously, these two play each other a ton. And I think this little cesspool of death that's happening in the Eastern Conference cesspool is a beautiful. Death. Yeah, I mean it's a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, first we get first we get Harden going from Brooklyn to Philly, right? Now we're talking about where's Kevin going? Is Kevin now going to be uh, a Boston Celtic, right? So these three guys are all going to play each other uh, a bunch if you know if Kevin stays in in the Eastern Conference. So I just think I just think it's a beautiful thing to watch. And the other thing I'd point out is notice we're not hearing any Kyrie talk anymore. No, and and I think that that's a sign that you know that there's a chance he'll be back. I, I think there's a good chance he'll be back. In fact, I would say, and and I think that people want to see him prove that he can play more than five minutes a season uh, for their team before they go giving him a bunch of money. Yep, don't disagree about that. Let's see, what does uh, some dude says? Did you say Kevin Durant leadership? LOL, well, he is a renowned locker room guy. Like, I mean, there is, you can say a lot of things about him being a ring chaser, but I don't think there's any doubt that every locker room he's been in raved about him, whether that was Steph and Clay, you know. Draymond. Draymond, certainly. I mean, he is a guy that, uh, makes your locker room better. I, I, he is a phenomenal teammate. I don't think his support of Kyrie Irving is no better display of that. Uh, John Conley says Celts will do this deal, but will KD be happy with Tatum and playing in Boston? I think he will. I think he will. Uh, Josh Lubbard, I don't understand holding a grudge with those who ring chase. Neither do I. And like, this is a thing that it's I think is a real conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why wouldn't you ring chase? Why would you be loyal to, this is the Devin Booker conversation before Chris Paul. Like, why would you be royal, loyal to a guy like Robert Sarver if you weren't winning rings? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be. It's a Damian Lillard conversation. You wouldn't be. Yeah. I, I mean, the one, one team guys are so rare anymore. Book, Curry, Clay, Draymond have a chance to do that. But how many guys really have a chance to do that? John Morant? Nah, he'll play for another team. You think? Yeah. I, look, but look at Dame. Dame's, yeah, Dame's likely not ever going to win a championship. Which I I just don't understand why he would stay there the whole time. Like I just don't get that. Yeah, which it, which sucks. You know, like it is. 
that's what's disappointing. You know, I just, I don't know, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, Munir Aburaya says, what about the Clippers? I think they are a silent shark and no one's talking about them. Well, I mean, John Wall certainly makes them better. It's a matter of seeing Kawhi put on a Clipper uniform and play again. Yeah, does he even play basketball anymore? I mean, like- it, it is... That's a big question. Dennis Young says, speaking most uh, for most Knicks fans, we do not want Donovan if it involves quickly topping and Grimes. It's a fair I, take. I, like, I, I, it is a fair take, like, but I, I don't see how you're Danny Ainge and you get to, you give away Donovan Mitchell and you don't get like see Toppin's the guy that I think there's a big question about. I think his upside's huge, but the Jazz haven't historically developed young talent. Yeah, so. I, I I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that Emmanuel Quickly is a star in the making. I mean, I, I would put him and Tyrese Maxey as two of the best young guards in the NBA. Yeah. Grime, I, I think Quinn Grimes is a really good player. But for that trade to really be satisfactory, Obi Toppin needs to put out. Like, that dude needs to be a 40-minute contributor. Yeah. And is there Nick fan or Jazz fan, is there anybody that sees Obi Toppin as a guy that is 20 and 10 every night for 40 minutes. Probably not. I don't know if you can count on him. I don't know if we if you've seen that. The West yeah. is a lot more difficult than the East, man. And and granted, the last half of the year, the last couple of weeks of the year, Toppin was spectacular. But there was not a lot of pressure and it was New York, the Knicks. Like, I don't know what to make of that. I, yeah. I honest to it's God, tough. I don't know how you diagnose a unicorn like Obi Toppin. The guy can run, he's big, he shoots well, like, but there's just that little inconsistency that scares you. Just a little bit. John Conley says, great show, appreciate that. Uh, Sherwin, good morning to you. Obi Toppin is a 15-minute-a-game bench player. Well, right now, but that's not the conversation, what he is right now. The conversation is, what can he be? What's that's the, the projection? Yeah. Because if he's a 15-minute-a-night bench player, I'm not interested in making that trade. Yeah. Oh, what I'm a not. loser! I'm not. You know, like it, I don't know. Wilton uh, Mina says Obi's a 20 and 10 player when given the minute. Yeah, could be. Uh, put 25 pounds on Duncan Robinson and play with the four. Dude. Christopher Shorter. Seriously. <laughs> You're a stud. Seriously. <laughs> put 25 pounds on, buddy, and let's oh get God. to work. Do That's you amazing. Even lift? That's amazing. Josh Lovren says, uh, Nick should trade for Jamal Murray. Don's dad would be great in NYC for the Knicks. Jamal Murray, I that's it. speaking of put on a uniform and play a game. Yeah. I'm is ready he? for that. What is he? I am ready for that. I hope that he's a, I hope that he is if he could be the same guy, that'd be amazing, but we'll see, man. Uh okay says John Collins played like crap in the Drew. Yeah, he got dunked on. I saw that. Yeah. Did you see LeAngelo Ball had a big day of the Drew? Doesn't surprise me. Not at all. CAA Mafia, good morning. Do you think the price stays the same for DM after the season starts? I think it goes up. I think it I think if because they don't the the Jazz don't need to trade him. I and again, if yeah. you're if you're new to the show, we've we've pretty consistently said the Jazz aren't out shopping Donovan Mitchell to anybody that'll take him. Yeah. I don't think there's a real appetite for the Jazz to trade him. I think if you're going to give me six picks and three players, and I, I'm going to take that. So I say, what are we what, doing here, you know? bro? Like, like, what are we doing here? Like, either ex- like, I, and I'm not trying to be cold blooded with with Nick fans or uh, with Leon or anything, but like, 
the asking price is the asking price. You can keep coming back and saying, hey, we're only willing to give up four. Danny's going to keep pounding the door down and saying, hey, well, we're only taking six. So what are we really doing here? And that's why I say, like, like when someone comes out and says, oh, well, the deal's done, and, and I'm getting this, and I'm getting that, and the deal's going to come out in hours. Like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because they're not close. They are not close. They haven't been close. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't add up to them being close on a deal. Yeah, I just don't think the Jazz want to necessarily want to trade Don. I think they're just getting a haul. They're getting a haul. Boy, the Obi Toppin debate is real. Uh, Andrew Koldjabububu. Uh, Andrew, A-K, that's Andrew Koldjabububu? K-O-L-O-D-Z-I-E-J. Koldjabububu? Okay. Obi scored 77 points in his last two games. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I did. I'm saying the guy's talented. He can work. Yeah, I did. I mean, I just, it is. Uh, CA Mafia, Cam Reddish has more upside than OB. Oh, get um, the hell out of here with that. No, 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 no. I'm not here for I think that. he does. I'm not here for that. I don't think he does. Nope. I think Cam Reddish is a really good defensive player. But it it's either Cam Reddish um, or Evan Fournier. And if I'm the Jazz, I'm probably, I, I probably want Cam Reddish because I can use him long term. Evan Fournier is not a guy that, frankly... He's been around the block. You know what he is. You know who he is. Yeah, yeah he's like, not a guy that you need on a team that's currently constructed the way they are. Yeah. I mean, I've got I've got Evan Fournier and Boyan Bogdanovich. Listen, soft French player, we know what you are. Well, with all due respect, yeah. I know what you are, man. I would agree. Uh, Mike Phillips, Jazz are going to re-sign Hernan Gomez because Ryan Smith's watched Hustle over the weekend and thought it was a documentary. Wow. Well said. Okay. Okay. You know. Uh, Andrew uh, AK says Obi scored. I already read that. Sorry. Your name is still AK. Antonio Ruiz. I'm not making the trade unless Julius is gone. I think Toppin will flourish in this saw lineup as Brunson. It's the same lineup as Brunson. Yep. Julius Randle's such a See, this is a problem with the Knicks. Yeah. You got issues like uh, in, in several different places. It's... It, I like Julius Randle. The, the Lakers should have hung on to him. If that, anyway. Yeah. You know. Sherwin, Cam Reddish can do a lot more than Obi Toppin. He can't. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't. He has not. And he's been traded. He's been traded now. And, I mean, Atlanta essentially gave up on him. You know, like Cam is a real, is a good defensive player. I just don't know that you ever count on him offensively. Yeah. He, I mean, he's got a lot of proving to do, man. I, 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 I just think what I've seen from Obi Toppin. Tells me that Obi can really be a key contributor, someone who who is you know like someone that you can really work with and and be in your starting five regularly that will contribute for you. Uh, Brett Robbins says Reddish is buckets O'Neal at best. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You are what you are. I completely agree. Oof. Oof. Steve Peterson says fine. Let's just trade Don to Chicago for Dicka. Don't sass me, Burkus. Hey, Coach. Hey, Coach. Coach Dicka. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for football. I cannot wait for football. Uh, a couple more, then we got to move on. Uh, CAA Mafia. Cam Reddish is 6'8", multi-position defender. You need the next Brunson and Spida. You can have a 6'5", Grimes. Did we forget what Cam did in the playoffs when the Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals? He's not a bad player, but... He's not the cherry on top of a deal either. Yeah. I want OB Toppin's upside. I'm at this point I'm trading for upside. 
If if I'm trading Donovan Mitchell and taking a bunch of Youngs in return, I need the upside. Yes, correct. That's what I need. I need the upside. Uh, let's see. Uh, Trey Yusuki says, do you think the New York Knicks make the playoffs? Yes. I do. I do. Uh, Brett says, uh, no, they get rid of Reddish because of Hunter. They got rid of Reddish because, yeah, I mean, yeah, Hunter's a stud for Atlanta. I just think Cam Reddish I mean, never got it going in Atlanta. Like, and I'm not trying to hate on the guy, but it, he never he never put himself in a position where the, the Hawks were like, yeah, we got to keep this guy. Yeah, and you can't pay them all. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's just me. Bottom line is, if I am the Knicks, no, I do not make this trade for six for six guys. Yeah. I don't. I just don't. All right. We are giving away a trip for two to see the BYU Cougars take on the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium coming up on October 8th. In the Shamrock Series, we're going to give you two tickets to the game Two nights in a hotel and a $250 gas card uh, to get you to Las Vegas to see Notre Dame and BYU in the Shamrock Series. It's all brought to you by our good friend, Devry Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278545. Devry Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. And when I tell you that you should go to Devry Davis, I know that because Devery Davis is my mortgage guy. When I have questions about my house or my mortgage, I call one guy. It's Devery Davis, 801-543-9666. And I call Devery because he's not a yes man. He's not a, a, a dollar signs guy. And the worst thing is when you're trying to make a decision in this real estate market, whether to sell your house, should I refi it? Because I'm telling you right now, please do not say the words HELOC to me. Do not say home equity line of credit because they're incredibly expensive right now. Are you out of your goddamn mind? But they do work for some. Are you a candidate for a home equity line of credit? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but Devery Davis does. Should you refi your house? I don't know, but Devery Davis does. Mm -hmm. Should you buy that house? Can you afford that house? Can you afford a down payment? I don't know, but Devery Davis does. And by the way, if you're the guy right now watching this show and you're sitting there saying to yourself, Mont... I'm a blue collar guy. I don't have money for a down payment. How can I possibly buy a house? Devery Davis has programs to help you with your down payment. Trust me when I tell you, you can afford to buy a house. And the housing market requires one thing, you to be able to move fast and be aggressive. Devery Davis can make any home buyer a cash buyer, regardless of how much money you have. So if you want to walk into a house, hand them a cash offer, call Devery Davis today at Academy Mortgage, 801-543-9666. Devery Davis is my mortgage guy. Make him your mortgage guy too. And do me a solid. Call Devery today and say, hey man, I know you're a great mortgage guy, but I'm just calling you to say thanks for supporting The Monty Show. 801-543-9666. Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. NMLS number 278-545. An equal housing lender. There you go. Friday, we have a huge announcement on this show. I'm talking, like, I'm trying to figure Earth out shattering. how, like, yeah, like, it's, I mean, it's next level. Earth-shattering announcement on this show that is coming up on friday pac 12 or nfl helmets i want to go nfl helmets because uh, okay yeah my r and we the chicago mother freaking bears yeah are amongst the teams that got new helmets <laughs> and 
God damn, the bear's helmet is ugly. <laughs> now, if you look up oh. here, right here, there's oh, an orange man. bear's hat with a blue B on it. Right. That's beautiful. Right. B for beautiful. Okay, we get it. B for boner at that orange helmet. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. The orange jersey for the bears is beautiful. But this orange helmet does not strike my fancy. No. Uh, yeah, exactly right. So let's talk NFL helmets. Yeah. Of the ones that you've seen, which of these alternate helmets, and most teams are going to wear these three games a year. Right. You've had you've had the Atlanta Falcons come out with the red and the Falcons. Beautiful. Yeah, love it. You've had the Dallas Cowboys with the white and the blue star. Beautiful. The New York football giants. Yeah. Come out with the, the the Giants on the side. Back to Parcells and Phil Sims. That's pretty much self-explanatory. Meh. Only because they did it with Saquon Barkley, who's a bust. Yeah. Um, But I think there's only one that takes the cake. It is the Cincinnati Bengals. The white helmet with the blue, or excuse me, with the black tiger stripes. It's clean. It's tiger. Fresh. It's Joe Burrow. I'd hit that. Like, yeah. I mean... Are you kidding me with that helmet? Well said. Jake, what's the best alternate helmet in the NFL? The Arizona Cardinals. I don't have, I don't have any Ooh. doubt about it. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you about this Cardinals helmet. On Twitter and on the internet, it probably does not look nearly as good as it's going to look in person. And the reason for that is because it's a black helmet with red flake in the helmet. So the flake won't be seen in a flat image on Twitter, right? It'll just look like a black helmet. But in person, on TV, when Kyler Murray's throwing that pick six to end the game in the playoffs, this helmet's going to look really good, right? Now, here's what I'm also going to say. The Bengals helmet is hot, definitely. What, like, Stormtrooper look never disappoints. White helmet, black stripes, that's going to look amazing. Joe Burrow's going to look awesome wearing it. But I have to say, my favorite is that Cardinal one, and I'm not even a Cardinals fan. I am a big fan of black and red color schemes, and I think that, you know— Black as your base color with red flake with the Cardinal logo over it is just fire. I, I to me that one was the was the best. Now the red flake yeah. is what makes these this Cardinal helmet pop. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it, um, I would absolutely go in and get it. Yeah, I mean it is beautiful. Now I will say that I love the fact that some of these teams are are paying heritage to 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 the past. Like hey, like. You know, the, the Giants and, like you were saying, the Bill Parcells days. And I love that. I love, 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 love that the Patriots are bringing back the red unis with the white helmet. Love yes. that. Love that motif. Yes. Love the love the Falcons bringing back the what about older the, logo. What about, the, what about the Carolina Panthers with the, the black helmet with the blue? Like, they're trying. The, the, I it's, throw the Panthers it's matte with the black, Jets. But yeah. it's matte black. Like, oh, the Jets, come on. But here's the problem. J Dude, stop. 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 Sex will it's not gonna win. Stop, dude. Stop. The yes, Jets. Yes, yes. Yeah, the Jets helmet is beautiful. Now I'd like to they know. Don't who, win anything. I'd like to know who Zach Wilson's mom's friend is. And no, see if no, she, no. And see if she's beautiful. That Jets helmet is beautiful. I don't know how you don't like that Jets helmet. Are you? It's are a you serious? Helmet. With they the green flake anything, letters, bro. What does that fucking matter? They the Falcons don't I, win anything. The Arizona dude, Cardinals haven't won but anything. But the Cardinals are in the postseason. The Dallas, are they not? the Dallas Cowboys don't ever. Yeah, win Yeah, but they nothing. have storylines. They're in the playoffs. They're a winning football team on some level. Like, no, they haven't won the Super Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys are a winning football on team on some level. They're getting to what the level postseason. would that be? The postseason, the playoffs. Come on. 
Tony Romo dropping the, the snap yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, but how long ago was that? Dude, guy's back wouldn't even operate. Come on, dude. Come on. Guy, the, the Dallas, he couldn't catch a football because his back was broken. What do you want from me? It's a spinal. Like, come on, bro. I'm, Jesus. Dude, I'm telling you now. Tony Romo's back or not, the Dallas Cowboys don't win. They they don't. And until da- yeah, until Dak and Zeke do, there's nothing to talk about. Whether your back you're, is broken. Yeah, your back is broken, whatever. And my guess is that much like Jimmy Dolan, this is a problem with Jarrah. Jarrah's too involved as an owner, I'm telling you. But I think, I think if like, I look, look at, at that Patriots color scheme, come on, bro. Oh, it's gorgeous. Red jersey, white helmet, like it's beautiful, man. I think the Texans have a beautiful alternate helmet. Anyway, I think the the Bengals white with the black tiger stripes. It's that's fresh. tough it's to fresh. beat. It is tough but to beat. It's like a it's like a seventy six El Camino. That Arizona Cardinals flake paint job on that helmet. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. unfortunate you won't see Kyler Murray because he's hidden behind the offensive line and stuff. But I think that that's I'm a man. A, one of the worst contracts in the history of the NFL was the one they gave. Brutal, Kyler bro. Murray. Brutal. Like terrible. Brutal. Terrible. What are the people saying? Terrible. Uh, let's see. NY Jazz fan says the Browns poop brown has always been tasteful. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Josh Lovren says cards got a new helmet, yet they are wearing the same uniform since 2000. And it's not even a great uniform. No, it's not. It's Snooka! not. Jets alternate helmet red milf on the side. <laughs> Savage. M I L F. That would be amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that would be amazing. Oh, my. Speaking of fire hose, my God. Can you imagine? Uh, Greg Hawkins says the Dallas Cowboys are the University of Texas Longhorns of the NFL. Yes, they are. I think that's HIPAA. No, they're a winning team. No, they're not. They go to the playoffs. It's more than you could say about other teams. My mom goes to the playoffs. Does that make her a winner? No, my mom's a loser. Are you kidding? I'm sorry if you're offended by that. That what happened. Um, you, wow. you know. Wow. Uh, Brett Robbins says the Texans look fire. They yes, do. Yes, they do. Absolutely. Are we quick question on the Texans? Are we ready to, you know, put the Deshaun Watson thing in the past as far as the Texans are concerned? Yeah, I mean they settled. They did what they had to do. I mean it doesn't make them so not we're, guilty. But we're good. We're good moving on from that now. We can watch Texans football without obsessing over Deshaun. I know that's the problem. I'm I'll never, never going to watch I'll Browns never, football the same. I'll, the Texans, the McNair family, in my opinion, they have acted horribly yeah through this through the racist accusations like i'll never respect the texans yeah the deshaun watson thing's over i mean like that's that's done yeah so but when i look at deshaun watson what do you think he's getting eight games i I think he's got to get i think he's getting eight games yeah and i don't think it's nearly enough i i I really don't think i think it should be an entire season yeah well he should be off the field for an entire season yeah it's up to 30 women now at a minimum. Like, what do we, come on, like at 30 and you're just going to suspend him for half a game. Half yeah, a I guess season. I'll have to figure something out. Come on. By the way, real quick, NFL Sunday ticket, allegedly moving to YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. Just your initial thoughts. I'm a huge Sunday ticket guy. There is nothing I'd rather do than fire up the Traeger smoker on a Sunday. I want it. Bang some wings and pizza. Whoa. Whoa. 
Zach Wilson's mom's friend and stuff. You know, um, are people myring? You know, um, fire up the Traeger. Fire up the Traeger, and then there's nothing better than flipping around and watching NFL football all day. Okay, here's the thing that I don't love about this: for a Directv customer like you and I, this is another subscription fee we're gonna have to pay. You don't love that. Don't love that. Me do not, do me, not love that. Me and you. Right. You okay, know. sure. Whatever. Um, for direct TV customers like you and me, uh, yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it. But And I'm a huge direct TV guy. Are you going to buy Sunday ticket through YouTube TV? And here's a larger question for you. Pull up your uh, Pull up your undies here, boys. Would a deal like this, would a YouTube, style, YouTube TV style deal save the Pac-12? I think this is a huge question. And I think it's one that's got to get answered because we continue as we head for Pac-12 Media Day, which is now just three days away. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get news on the Pac-12 this week? And the question I think that remains is what can the Pac-12 do to survive? And <clears throat> would a TV deal like one with YouTube TV be enough to save the Pac-12? Now, if you go back to 20 some, 2018, 2019, perhaps, mm-hmm. at Pac-12 Media Day, Larry Scott sat right in front of you and me on this very show and said, oh, yeah, we're working on it. We're in the heart of Silicon Valley. We're talking. And yeah, we're, it's going to get done. It's going to get done, and it didn't get done. By the way, that's on our YouTube and channel. Go find it. It is. It's in our archives. If you go back and look at Pac-12 Media Day, Larry Scott is there. Yeah. Um, but my point is, I don't think that's enough to save the Pac-12. If you are the 10 teams that are left after USC and UCLA leave, and I'm not saying that's the case, but let's surmise that it'll be those 10 teams. And you do a you do a billion dollar deal with YouTube TV. You're you're telling me that that's going to get you 100 million dollars a school per year? No, it's not. It's not. Because I think we all recognize that that's limiting your audience and it is a specialty platform. And you are now, if you are the, if you are the PAC 12 about to be PAC 10, you miss the curve on doing a digital deal like this. Yeah. That was 2020. That was 2017 when you should have done a deal with YouTube TV, when you should have done a deal with Amazon prime because nobody watches PAC 12 network. Nobody knows how to watch PAC 12 network. Yeah. Most people can't get Pac-12 Network. And nobody is going to put in the time and effort to go and figure it out. That's the problem. That's the thing here. Like, you, you, like, when people weren't going to football games because of the thing we're not allowed to talk about, that was the window. Hey, listen, nobody can come to our games right now. We need to get on their cell phone. We need to get on their iPhone 13 Pro Max. We need to get on their, their Android. We've got to be there. They have to be able to easily consume the content that we're putting out. And that, to me, was what was so disappointing. It wasn't disappointing to me that Larry Scott basically lied to us at Pac-12 Media Day. It wasn't disappointing to me that that you know you, you this conference has been going the wrong way for several years. I have no allegiance to the Pac-12. But what is disappointing to me is Larry Scott's poor decision-making is, is costing programs like Utah— their livelihood. Utah is now in a place where they have to figure out where the hell am I going to go? Like, are we are we getting to the Big 12? Are we trying to somehow make some entrance into the SEC? Like, what are we going to do? Like, everything's on the table. 
And that's why I say when we talk about saving the Pac-12, the issue for the Pac-12 has always been that it's very difficult to find your product. And I'm not going to get, you know, Pac-12 network on Dish. I'm not doing that. I want it on my smartphone so that I can get it anytime I want. That's the world we live in. That's why the show is growing so much. That's why when we make this crazy announcement on Friday, it's going to blow your mind, right? Like, because yeah. it's right here. It's here on your phone, in your hand every day. Yeah, and I, I think that that's something that college football has, has forgotten. Yeah. I think that's something that college football needs to understand. Uh, Greg Hawkins gives us a $5 tip. Greg, appreciate you very much. He says, Pac-12 research money dwarfs athletic money by order of magnitude 10 times. The conference will not fold, but they need to increase their athletic revenues in order to become competitive. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think when, Greg, I think your point's exactly right. I mean, it, it, and I think we've always known this, but they, the priority is not winning sporting events in the Pac-12. For Pac-12 presidents and institutions, Stanford is no better example than this. They don't care about your ability to throw a football. They care about your ability to become a research practitioner, an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer. That's the bottom line. At USC, I think they're a, a bit of an outlier. I, a bit of an outlier, excuse me. But I also think at a school like USC, they want you to become a major Hollywood director more than they want you to become a major NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. Well, we all know that USC doesn't put NFL quarterbacks out. But that's not really the point. Right. The point is, I agree with Greg Hawkins. The priorities in the Pac-12 are not to win football games. Is that right? Is that noble? Is that in line? I don't flip and know. In the parlance of this conversation, it's broken for college football. And I think ultimately it could lead to the exodus of a very good educational institution in Utah Fast. and probably Washington and Oregon. And I just, I, I, again, I, again, don't understand how the PAC 12 is going to survive. Yeah. I, 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 the, the only way the PAC 12 survives and the only way you take a step to survival is today. Right now you add San Diego state. That's the first step. And the second step is, I think you have to you have to go and find a way to poach a team from another conference. I think if if you're going to add a Boise State, if you're going to add, you better go and do it because I, I there's nothing. And even if you add San Diego State and Boise State, Boise, you add the blue turf. I want it. I don't know that that's enough to get the deal done to make you viable as a conference. Yeah, I don't know that it is, and I don't feel like the Pac-12 can survive because, it, you know, John Wilner at the Bay Area News Group, I thought put out a really smart piece about Pac-12 After Dark being a very viable commodity. And I think it is. I, I Honestly, I think Saturday night football, not Friday night football, Saturday night football in the Pac-12 is very viable. It's very valuable. It, totally. puts a, it puts a million eyeballs on the television and you can argue, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. It's it's not a matter of argument. It's not does it. It has. It's performed at a very high level. And we've seen some really good football. But it doesn't matter. You get a million people because it's the only game in town. Yes. The SEC's done playing football at that hour. Everybody else is done playing football. They're back at the dorm. They're back at the office. And you get Utah and Oregon. You get Kalen Clay dropping the football at the one-yard line. God. Right? Like you get moments like that that are absolute insanity. You get big upsets. You get 
BYU and Arizona State. Yeah. And what I'm telling you is you get a million viewers. There's commodity. There's value in that. And if I'm the Big 12, I'm trying to take that value by adding Oregon and Washington and San Diego State and Utah and Colorado and anybody else that wants to come with because I want that late game window. That's how I get to Fox. That's how I partner with Notre Dame and do a TV deal with you know, NBC mm-hmm. to get Notre Dame remains independent. And there was this story last week that, that Notre Dame had had or they had had kind of you know, smittens with each other where Notre Dame and the Big 12 would go to NBC and say, hey, Notre Dame football wrapped around Big 12 football makes you money. You can pay. You guys want kick it. We'll flow. Notre Dame, $75 million a year for their football contract. And then you can pay the Big 12 $100 million a school for their football contract. That's how deals get done. Is Notre Dame working with NBC on a Pac-12 deal? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Does Pac-12 after dark mean that Notre Dame makes $75 million a year? Me thinks not. Does does BYU in Utah, the late game in the NBC window after Notre Dame, make you a ton of money and bring 5 million viewers to the screen? Yeah, it does. Does, does a Rose Bowl rematch between Ohio State and Utah bring 16 million people to the show? Yeah, it does. See what I'm saying? Like, where is the where is Utah legit? I think it was 16 million people watched the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Where's that number in the Pac-12 today? It's got to be USC and somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It has to be. Who's the somebody else? Because it, it, you're not an attractive property to schedule against, which is the other thing that nobody talks about. What SEC school is breaking down the doors in the Pac-12 outside of, hey, we need a win. Better call the Pac-12. Like, in all honesty, what SEC team, what even ACC team is banging down the door of a Pac-12 school saying, hey, man, we need to get a future series on the books? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Now that USC and UCLA have left the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, now what? Because Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC and the Big 12 survived because they were able to add a property like a Houston, like a BYU. They were able to add a Cincinnati. They were able to add teams. Pac-12 hasn't been able to do that yet, Jake, and I don't think they're going to be able to. Yeah, and I, and I think that it, they're basically going to need a handout to be able to survive, honestly. And I know that that sounds harsh, but that's what it's going to take. You're going to need help. You're going to need assistance. And and again, I'm just going to keep saying it. This is the price you pay for not bringing in revenue. It's yeah. just that simple. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. Fat Jesus, good morning to you, friend. He says, prediction ASU wins the Pac-12 the pack two in 2025 forks up Bet you weren't expecting this one. How sad is her? You see Edwards? what he did there. You see what he, he did, did pack there. Two. The pack, the pack two, you know, they'll be independent. Yeah. They'll only play each other nine times a year. Right. It's a sad situation in Arizona state. What's going on with, with Arizona state football and, and Herm Edwards and it's not great. I, I, I don't even know how you explain that. Honest to God. I, I don't know how you explain that. And Cam, as you can see, I'm yeah. going through some shit right Cam now. Cam Harrison says Pac-12 should sign a TV deal with Peacock TV. I don't know, man. Good luck. I think it's got to be more major than that. I think it's got to be more substantial than but that. But see, my point is, we've all we already know that the Big 12 and Notre Dame have been trying to do something. Well, it makes sense. But for what them. is if it puts you on NBC 
It puts you on USA Network. It puts you on the Peacock app. Like, yeah. you have avenues. Like, yeah. that's a TV deal. That's better than Dish Network. I can tell you that with all due respect. It is better than Dish Network and Pac-12 Network. Yeah. Greg Hawkins says, people watch Pac-12 schools when they actually play on a real network on a normal time slot. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. If you're stuck on the Pac-12 Network after dark, it's the kiss of death. It's over. It's over. It's absolutely over. And my jazz fan says you might start to see NCAA football create their own streaming in the future for fans that cannot get the teams. I think you have to. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Fat Jesus says, I think Pac-12 After Dark exists on the internet. $9.99 a month from what I hear from a friend of a friend of a source. Yeah, you're talking for a friend, right? Could be. (laughs) And my jazz fan says maybe they already do. BYU TV. Could be. Absolutely could be. Uh, Brett Robbins says, uh, deal is ready to go if the Knicks give six picks. I would agree with that. Wow, a lot of Nick. Okay, Nick time, (laughs) the Nick of time show. DM not going to Miami. Donovan Mitchell is not going to Miami right now. Uh, The Nick of time also says they threw Miami in the rumors like they throw the Knicks in every damn rumor. The Knicks and the Jazz are talking. It's not a rumor. It It is not a rumor, in my opinion. All right. Let's burn the house down with our non-sports stories of the day. It's time. Because, it's time. Because I am a phenomenal driver of cars. Right. I think that's been established with my twin turbo V6 yeah. Audi SQ69er. Yeah. Hey, guys. Where I was banging Zach Wilson's mom's best friend. Wait, that was a dream. That Was, was not, it? That was actually not. Was fa- it a dream? Factually accurate. Okay. I just woke up and the sheets were wet. Anyway, Whoa. the point is, hey, Whoa. No, I'm yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, Whoa. yes. I am totally, totally kidding. Um, uh-huh. Let's talk about driving. So we went up to the good old Brady Papinga stomping grounds, B Pop, yeah, of Evanston, Wyoming, yesterday, and got absolutely run over by the wafting of manure smells. <laughs> Because they were giving something away in Evanston yesterday, and it was probably my marriage after the drive home. What now? Let me tell you what now. We'll get to that in a minute. But it was packed. There were more dudes with ATVs and cowboy boots and manure on their tires than I've yeah. ever seen. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Because it's fun. Then stuff. Yeah. Um, but there was a crowd like I've never seen. On the way there, it was fine. It was fine. On the way back... There was a little more traffic. What? So we get to Camus. Yeah. Hello, Camus. And we get to Camus, and there's this dude pulling a boat. And, or whatever he was. He might have been an ATV. ATV. NTV, your mom. Right, right. Good morning, Mrs. Monty. Hi. Who I should probably leave her ISO'd up in this situation because she's the one who had the problem. Mm-hmm. I... <laughs> So we're driving home, and this dude's doing like 60 in an 80. Right. In the left lane. Whatever. So we pass a semi. I pop out into the right lane, and I try to pass him. He floors it. Oh, okay. To cock block me because there's another truck in front of me. So I have to slow down. I move back behind him. And then he slows down to 40 miles an hour in an 80 mile an hour zone. Right. 40 miles an hour. Okay. And eventually he speeds up, moves over because it was clear I was going to pass him no matter what. 
Right. So finally he moves over to the right. And we're driving by him and he's flipping flipping me off. Right. So I do what all men need to do. Yeah. <laughs> I I I get in front of him and I forgot where the accelerator was. Cold-blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. What? It happens. What? I was I was emaciated. What? I had had a lack of water. I was dehydrated. I'm screwed. Like I was running a fever. Right. It was Thursday after a Tuesday on a Sunday preceding a Wednesday. Right. The vernal equinox and shit. Like, yeah. It happened. Yeah. So I had moved over. And I may have found the brake a little bit instead of the accelerator, what? which was a total accident. What? Mind Empty. you, friends. The opposite of four. You know, we're only doing 50 miles an hour and they tapped the brakes on accident thinking it was the accelerator. And he may have lost his mind behind us. And you don't look happy, Mrs. Monty. <laughs> what, what, seems to be, what seems to be the problem? So the NASCAR driver thought that... Uh, Hi, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> thought that, uh, you know, he was on the track at Pocono and that he needed to dive and weave in and out of the traffic. Texas it's space. a long time of a two-lane highway, mm -hmm. which no one appreciates when it's filled up with semis, RVs, toy haulers, trucks, and people pulling things that are way too heavy that limits their ability to go fast. Terribly fast. And that guy had to just dive and weave until he met the other a-hole who decided he didn't want anybody to dive and weave and then that he would hold us back. And then once it was open, it wasn't enough that the guy was over it and moved over. He was done. Like, he must have blown his load, and he was finally... Blown his load. Wow. Because he finally moved over Whoa. so we could go around. And instead of just going past and moving on with life... You flipped him the bird. Yes, yes, he yes. He flipped me the bird. I flipped him the bird. But you admit that you did partake in, in this, yeah. the situation. That should have been the end yes, of it. That well, should have been the end. You end it on the bird, think you buy, and you go. No, no, no. No, no. No. No, no, no. We had... <laughs> the NASCAR driver decides to... It wasn't just that he moved over to the right. He dove. He dove towards the front of this gentleman's truck. I didn't. I'm going to do that. Pulling no. an ATV on a trailer and slowed down to where I thought he was almost going to stop. Slowed down so much, I thought, "Holy fuck! Oh my god, this is going to be horrible." And and does it enough until the other guy is so angry and terrified, then he finally pulls off. First of all, I didn't pull off. I, I hit the accelerator and the twin turbo kicked in and we zoomed away from Dick. And yeah, when I woke up There's this morning, I was feeling no pretty reason dangerous. To... But the but listen, the point is, he was never. It was never. Nobody was ever in danger. There was not like a. It wasn't a road rage situation. Here's what's gonna happen, Tonto. It's not like I was running him off the road. <laughs> I didn't even brake check him, and I could have. I got in front of him and I slowed down to prove a point. I don't know what the point I was proving was, but it made me feel that better. You were as a, just as big of an oh, asshole that he was. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that is probably a point that was driven. I, you home. know, y'all feel but me? I just don't see the purpose in it, and it's not safe. I know that you feel like it was. It's not safe. There was what never. There was. Right, there's but they, there's but things didn't. that. What if someone behind him wasn't prepared for your gigantic brake check? But they, they and runs in the back. Yeah, but they didn't. didn't. 
but that's a thing. Like you can't just go around going like, oh, made it through. Never. You know, did something really, you know, unsafe, made it through each time. Like it just wasn't helpful. Yeah. You know. You know. See, Giggity has it right. You should have added a little wiper fluid shower to that clown. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm not. Brett Robbins Giggity? says Brett Robbins says Schumacher Montemayor. Exactly right. <laughs> no, it's like Logano Montemayor. But, you oh, know, much more Denny, Joey Logano. Denny. No. It was totally no. like a Joey Logano, like I'm going to drive you into the wall kind of a move. Yeah, Ross Chastain. We get it. Um <laughs> NY Jazz fan says, I'm from Camas, Utah. Shout out to K-Town. Yeah. Place you know. I left at 18 years of age and never looked back. <laughs> like all smart men do. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, you should have bought that house back when you were 20 because now it's worth 10 times yeah. the amount in Camas. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says, is that a Utah Grizzlies jersey behind Mrs. Monty? No, it's an RSL sweater, isn't it? Yeah. It's an RSL sweater. Right? I mean... You know, it is a Utah Grizzlies jersey yeah. behind behind Mrs. Monty. So, I mean, you know, there's there's no. I, I, what are the? Okay, so okay, driving etiquette. Admittedly, I I, th I feel like I am a good driver. I mm -hmm. feel like nine days out of ten, I have a I drive an Audi SQ5. It is fast. It is I I enjoy driving it, but I don't regularly drive it crazily. Like I'm not the guy that's always driving eighty or. I, I, Since I'm, when? When are you not? When? Because I'm pretty sure that even on 114th, you are bobbing and weaving out of traffic constantly. But there's what's wrong with? I always do that though. Why? Why well, is sir. it? Why should I sit? There's the, never so, a relaxing so, drive in the car with Monty. There's no, never for a you, relaxing though, drive because you're a nervous Nelly. You're you are you drive the speed limit. I am not the speed limit guy. I'm not the it's guy not that's like, okay, the right, the, the right lane. Because I don't always drive the speed limit either. Yeah, for the most but part. But what I don't do is dive in and out all the time, like whipping around people. They don't even have enough time to react to you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the point? <laughs> Isn't the point to... Yeah, to, but if so they, they all of a sudden start to, like, they want to go over and they're expecting everyone else is going the same speed as them and then speed demon comes up. They don't even have time to but, react. But nobody expects you. Listen, I think it's not like I, I'm not going to say out loud that I, because then I'll get a mm -hmm. ticket, but it's not like I get tickets left and right. It's not like I've, I think I've been in one accident in my adult life. Um, I think I, I'm a, I feel like I'm a good driver and I, I think, yes, I change lanes all the time. I'm not the guy that sits behind like, Hey man, it's the right lane's open and you're going 40, I'm going to pass you. It's not like I'm doing 80 down the street. Like we joke about it all the time. I, I'm not the guy that like gets on Bangor Highway and I'm doing 100 miles an hour every time. Like I, I, not every time. It's like, you know, every like other, very occasionally. Like I, I just don't, I don't know. I think you're a very conservative driver and I don't own a, I don't own a performance vehicle to drive it you know, old man style. Mm -hmm. Like well, I just, I don't know. You drive with fast. me more than she does. Am I, am I a good driver or a bad driver? No, I mean, I think you're a fine driver. You do drive aggressively. I drive aggressively, but I don't think that's some knock. I, I think that, I think, listen, the conversation is you have to know who your passenger is, but just is that simple. Yeah, I agree with like, that. Like that's just, it's not a knock to say some people are like, there are times where I don't like outside of you driving the car, nobody else drives a car except for me. Right? Like that's the only time I have our passenger. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just think that 
I know. Here's the thing. I know where you're going because I would make the same move. Like that's why I'm not nervous about it. You know, that's that. But it's just different. I think it's a perspective thing. Yes, is brake checking safe? Probably not. Do I understand why you did it? Yes, on some level, I get it. I get it. I do not appreciate RV guy in the in the carpool lane. In fact, I yeah. think that should be enforced more heavily than it is because that's unsafe in its but own where's right. Where's the law? Where it, and this is the problem with the the lack of law enforcement on our roads nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is it? It's a two lane freeway. It's it's I eighty. It's two lanes, right? Mm -hmm. You he's not he literally is not allowed to be there. Mm -hmm. He is the you are you are not allowed to be there by law. And dude is just camped out in the left, and then gets upset when people move to the right to pass him. That I will never understand. If you're polling something, why are yeah. you upset that why people are, are you passing in the left you? lane? And he really did like he like he put his foot down so hard on that gas to try and get it to go fast as he could. Until he could get pulled up next to the RV that was in the right hand like, lane. Like, why do you care if I pass you if you're if you're pulling something going? It's an eighty mile an hour zone. I have empathy for guys who like if if you're pulling something, you're in the right lane. You're pulling something, and you come up up on something in the right lane that's slower than you, and you need to get around that. Okay, I understand. You got to jump out when you get your opportunity. Yes. That may result in you cutting someone off or whatever. I kind of empathize with that. I'm cool with that, but. The portion where he's like slowing down intentionally. Okay, well, if that's how it's going to be, that's how it's going to be. You know. Yeah, like, but it was not something where a this was not my fault. B it this was not road rage it, by any it, like by any stretch of the imagination. Uh -huh. it, it like it's just to me it. I think when you slow down on a freeway, you're doing forty in an eighty. Yeah, you're creating a traffic hazard. Mm -hmm. Now I may have created one at some point in my life too. But it wasn't yesterday. But like five uh, minutes later. Dop Hop says when he slowed down to 40, he obviously sealed his own fate. I would agree yeah. with that. Um, oh, here's a loaded question. Jeez. Jeffrey, uh, Je uh, Jeremy Severe says, who are the worst drivers in America? <laughs> well, I think it's young people and old people. I think experience matters. Like we, I think... we saw a guy yesterday. Check this shit out. Yeah. Like we're driving home. And it literally, there are people like this one lady... There was a lot of people on the road They're driving not, like idiots, uh, uh. right? There's a guy on, and I don't remember where he was driving. I don't remember what road it was, but he's driving with doing this. This old dude is like covering his left eye. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> why. And, and swerving <laughs> and going 20 and then speeding up and doing like 80. What are you doing, bro? I think what I would say about driving is there's just not enough education around it. I think people don't know. It's too easy like, to get a how license. To, yeah, I mean, it, like, it, I think people don't know how to effectively drive in bad weather. I think they don't know. Like, there, there's too many people on their phone while they drive, which is one of the reasons I love driving stick, because you don't I have time. Like, stand. Like, that's, you know. Yeah, I can't stand. It's a major pet peeve of mine. If you own any car that is was made within the last 20 years, you likely have Bluetooth. Stop holding, this, this is like the worst thing. You're in a brand new Range Rover and you're driving like this. Hi, 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 honey, yeah, I know. And you, <clears throat> half your face is hey guys. blocked because well, you won't put it on Bluetooth in your car. We almost got hit by the lady at Chipotle the other day. Mm -hmm. Pulling into Chipotle oh, on yeah. Saturday, a lady talking on her phone almost hit us. Yeah. And I think that happens more. And I don't see how, I, I mean, you will disagree with me because Mrs. Monty always disagrees right, with me. Right, right. 
we almost get hit being legal, normal, not asshole type drivers more than anything else. Like just driving. There are so many people. Well, I think yeah. that, but that's the situation. People are in a calm state. You're doing 40 down 104th and you're like, yeah, we're just kind of chilling here. We're just cruising. Like there's yeah. not much happening. So they feel the need to get on their phone and then you start drifting. Yeah. You like that. And that's what I think happens. And that's why I say I would be a huge fan of, hey, if the car's going over 10 miles an hour, your phone doesn't work. Like I would you can't love access that. your phone. Well, there is car mode. People just no, but it's not. It's optional. It. It's optional. It's like optional. It needs to be a. But she's right. But there, absolutely. The I'm yeah. a passenger, and the car is moving mm-hmm. at more than ten miles an hour. Now I can't use my phone. Yeah. I, we're human beings. We have all kinds of tech yeah. in the world. We know how to how to yeah. optimize delivering packages. I'm sure we can figure out how to disable cell phones just while we're driving. Like put it on Bluetooth. I just put it in a hole. And the other thing is, once you do it once, your car automatically connects. Yep, Why right? is that so difficult? Steve I don't know. Peterson says the windshield wiper fluid would have helped since he, quote, blew his load. Yeah. End quote. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, something must have happened that all of a sudden he was able to call me. Well, how has it become every day on this show? What? Every day on this show, Mrs. Monty will say something like, blew his load. Yes, yes, yes. And everybody's like, that's it. Like every day on this show, you come up with uh, something that people are like, oh, yeah, she said blue is load. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it is truly amazing. I'm amazing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Brett Robbins. Relaxing is going 60 around hairpin corners, in my opinion. Yeah. What is she on about? Yeah. Well, and you also don't like the way I drive in the mountains. I enjoy it like Immigrant Pass. It, I mean, there are a few better passes to drive. An all-wheel drive. Immigration. Mm-hmm. Is, is it immigration? Immig- Whatever immigration the hell. Canyon. Yeah, immigration, um, immigration, your mom. Like, you drive you drive up Big Cottonwood. And when you have space, like, it's a great drive. There's no reason to go 25 miles an hour. <laughs> There's not. Like, it is. The, the mountain roads in Utah are phenomenal for driving. Mm-hmm. You know. J-Rod says, I drive a Scion TC and I think I'm driving a Ferrari to keep up with traffic. Exactly. That's my guy right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't know. Tanner says, Monty, you consider yourself a good driver. I do. I he do. is a good driver. I am a good driver. For sure. You know. Uh, Greg Hawkins with a $5 tip says, coming from a country with terrible traffic, the biggest issue with uh, Murakon drivers are, one, we are vindictive, and two, people are using their cell phones way too frequently. This is fucking yeah. America. Vindictive drivers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's what accurate. Happened? I think you that's accurate. You were vindictive yesterday. Yes. What? I was protecting my rights. <laughs> if someone cuts you off, you're going to get ahead of them and cut them off. But I was being listening. Oh, you. No, I needed to cool off in the slower lane, so I moved over. And then this guy like tried to rear end me, so I floored it and stuff like that's how i remember it like what yeah i know what time it is are you set what <laughs> that's how i remember it happening that's not what happened uh giggity <laughs> says 40 <laughs> on an 80 is way more dangerous than 100 on an 80 yes, agreed it is. agreed yes it I is agree. I, the guy was not doing great but then you went and doubled down on him his i doubled down on his not greatness um let's see talking with Raphael podcast says slow drivers are dangerous to drive around yes they are yeah, they are. Uh, Fat Jesus says, coming back from San Diego, I was behind two cars driving next to each other for at least five miles. They're going to hell. <laughs> I agree. 
I should the, have the right. Listen, the art of putting your driver's side tire on the on the line to have your headlight in someone's mirror is a beautiful thing. I'll just say that. Yeah, I don't. I'll just say that it works. I'm telling you, people will move over. They will. Uh, you know. Eric, uh, excuse me, Giggity says, if you're going 100, you are usually focused on the road more than a guy going 60. Enjoy the scenery. Yeah, Agreed. I yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't. William gives us a $1.99 tip. Thank you very much. Uh, if you are here right now, please give us a thumbs up. I appreciate you guys. Is that it? I guess that's I think that's the, it, man. I guess that's the show. Yeah. By the way, we went up to Blood Lake over the weekend. Phenomenal. No, it wasn't. The mosquitoes on that hike. Yeah, the mosquitoes were bad, but it was I'm a really pretty hike. But I don't think those bites are from Blood Lake. I think they are. I got a bite sitting watching TV last night. I think that we let some mosquitoes in. I have never been. I've never had that many mosquitoes on me at one time ever. Like you walk all the way up that trail. It's like one point something miles. You get to the top. It's a moderate to hard hike. It's straight uphill for the last half of it. And I am just covered in mosquitoes <laughs> when you get to the lake. Am I wrong? It was yes. not straight uphill. I mean, straight uphill. No. In the snow both ways. Yeah. Right. But it was, uh, the mosquitoes are, are real. Every time you're going to do a hike, you need to look at the, the hike description. We knew to bring spray. So we sprayed. And then when yeah, we were spray did not up, work. up at top, we sprayed more. And, you know, I sprayed people coming down who didn't have spray. Yeah, and he sprays people on the freeway. Yeah, What's the difference? with wiper fluid and yeah. other fluids and mm. stuff. Mm. You know. mm. uh, don't forget, we are giving away a trip for two to see BYU take on Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. It is all brought to you by our good friend, Devry Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278545. Give Debra Davis a call. As I said earlier in the show, if you're the guy sitting here saying, I can't afford to buy a house, why do I need to call a mortgage guy? Because they'll tell you that you can afford to buy a house. They'll give you down payment assistance. Nobody has more programs than Academy Mortgage and Debra Davis. That's why you call him today. 801-543-9666 for Debra Davis at Academy Mortgage. Until tomorrow, Mrs. Monty, tell everybody I'm a good driver. Oh, my God. You are the best driver. Bye-bye.